0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. Grant asked, what is the 2024 team's vibe? Last year was hustle, next man up, underdog grit. Is it going to be the same narrative or are they staking their claim to National League Central throne out of the gate? I think they're staking their claim right out of the gate. I think this team, listen, this group of players has always had some swagger, and, and they were rookies, and I think they tempered that a little bit. They still showed their swagger, uh, but they didn't lean into, we're going to be the champs. Uh, they were the hmm. scrappy underdogs trying to fight for a playoff spot last year. I think everybody expects them to be better than that in 2024, and I think that this group of players will lean into that. They're going to lean into, hey, we're the team to beat. We're not the scrappy underdogs. You need to come beat us. I think that's going to be the mindset.
0: I think that um – um. Well, let's, let's ask this question to you and to uh, those folks in the comment section. How many times you get to be the scrappy underdog? There's a correct answer. You don't get to be the scrappy underdog multiple years in a row there. And, and, and I know that they didn't win the division. So you don't get to call yourself the hunted if you didn't get to win the division, but everyone knows what's coming when they face the reds this year. They know that they're going to be facing talent. They know that they're going to be facing some guys that can hit the ball out of the ballpark, They can steal bases if you don't pay attention to them. They know that they're going to be facing some really good pitching that, sure, hasn't proved itself just yet, but the talent is there to scare the opposing lineup. And I really feel like every single game, they have a shot to win. Pick a team. Pick a team in the major leagues right now and tell me that the Reds can't beat that team. And you're going to say the Braves, and I'm going to tell you they lost every single one of those games by one run. And they could very easily have won every single one of those games by one run. I ain't worried about any team in the major leagues right now with the Reds playing against them.
1: I like this. Yeah, from I love America. Yeah. The, I like this from Grant. This team is due for a breakout 30 years since the last world series appearance, dud teams for years. The stars are aligning 2024. Cincinnati Reds will be a cosmic event. I like, I like that. Listen, so We've yeah. been recording some stuff for you folks for next week. And I I got super energized a couple times. I was ready to like jump up and down on my desk and pound the table. So um, Jeff will tell you, I am right there with you, Grant. I, I am super pumped up. Uh,
0: where yeah. This- and a quick, uh, quick plug for that as well. Uh, next week, we've got a couple of episodes with Lance McAllister from 700 WLW joining us and talking about the off season, looking forward to next year and what we can expect with some, some guys, and we also get into a conversation about the Reds Hall of Fame. And one guy who's obviously going to make it this year, one guy who should have made it years ago. Uh, a lot of great stuff coming for you next week. And uh, a quick little peek behind the curtain. Uh, we've already recorded that because both Steve and I will be in some kind of tropical thing. Although Steve just decided to go to a different tropical thing, like he's, he's going from one tropical thing to another. No, I'm thing. going on oh, a boat. I can't get enough of it. Oh
1: my I'm God. I'm going on a boat. I am not going to be. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Here we go. This, <laughs> Stephen Jeff, what's your favorite piece of Red's merchandise that you own, or I guess Red's gear, Red stuff? Jeff, you go first. Boy, that's a tough one.
0: I really, I'm a sucker, and okay, I'm gonna say this because it's the first thing that pops in my mind. I'm sure it's not my favorite, but it's the first thing that popped into my mind. I'm a sucker for this style of hat. This is my favorite kind of Red's hat. the 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 red bill with the black head area there's probably a name for that i don't know but this is my favorite kind of hat i think probably if i really think about it i was uh very grateful to receive this gift from a, a friend of mine's dad the the marty and joe picture there behind me um it's like autographed by him and stuff it's actually a painting of them or drawing or something um and i was super uh blessed to get that as a gift so i think that's probably uh if pressed, that's what i would say but as far as things that i get to you know wear or take with me or something like that, then it's it's got to be uh, the black and red hat. I love that hat.
1: All right. So for me, I, I this one is a no doubter for me. I'm going to go big screen here. The baseballs for the YouTube mm. folks back here behind mm-hmm. me uh, for the audio folks. I have a pyramid of autographed baseballs. That pyramid is the starting lineup for game one of the 1975 world series uh, with the addition of a ball signed by Marty Brenneman who called the game. And a ball signed by Sparky Anderson. The cool story is that the Sparky Anderson ball I bought after he had passed away. Um, I bought that from a memorabilia place. And all of the description about the ball said was ball signed by Sparky Anderson. It was personalized, um, but it didn't say or show a picture of what the personalization on it was uh, for. People that are collectors, they know sometimes that decreases value. I didn't care. I didn't want it for the value of the ball. I wanted to complete that set. So I ordered the Sparky Anderson ball from the dealer. It comes in the mail. I open it up, see Sparky's signature. I turn it to see the personalization. And the personalization is to Steve. So the first guy (laughs) that got that ball was also named Steve. So it's personalized to me. Uh, That's my favorite bit of Red's gear back there. Uh, two fun steves question. in the world oh my god i know right that was a fun question thanks for asking it i really appreciate that um yes. let's let's talk a little bit about this this candelario thing people are a little bit bent about the contract and the value and you know why jared says why spend 45 million on candelario shouldn't they have saved that to pay for contract extensions or another starting pitcher uh, the fact of the matter is, they can still do those things. The payroll mm-hmm. started off this offseason at $33 million. I wrote about this over at Inside the Reg, Jeff. You know, you, you could take that $33 million where they started, add $50 million to it in new spending for just the 2024 season, and they're still $20 million under league average payroll. There's a lot of room for them to do these things and still. Look, I I hear you guys. They can still do all these things and look at the camera and cry poor. They can still say they're below league average in payroll. They can still talk about being small market. They can still talk about how they don't have as much money as the other guys. And they can still spend $50 million and be there. It's it's a very unique situation right now with everybody waking making league minimum. Uh, signing Candelario, it may feel like it was, you know, a... Uh, uh, I don't know. What's it? What's the thing? uh, Impulse buy. It may feel like it was an impulse buy for Nick crawl. Like he just had some money burning a hole in his pocket and he spent it foolishly. But I think this is a, this is, this is not a bad signing. This now that I've been able to process it and we've been talking about it creates enough flexibility that this lineup is going to be a nightmare for every single opposing pitcher that takes the mound against the reds.
0: And I want to add to that because somebody pointed this out and I didn't realize it. And uh, we still have this graphic because when it comes to certain graphics that I make and things like that, I'm a little bit of a hoarder, but I have this on hand that we can show. This is the graphic for our YouTube folks, the Reds under team control. And I wanna look at all these different uh, numbers here and let's look, all right. So TJ Friedel, 2026, Alexis DS, 2025, when we're talking about players who are becoming arbitration eligible and when they are arbitration eligible. I want you to look at something here because the majority, the guys that we're looking at who could possibly sign a contract extension of the young guys who are playing, they all have something in common. The first year that they're arbitration eligible is likely 2027. How many years of guaranteed money did they sign Jamer Candelaria for? Three years. He comes off the books. There's a team option for a fourth year, but he comes off the books the year before Ellie, Matt McClain, CES, Noel V. Marte. All those guys become arbitration eligible. So not only do the Reds have plenty of opportunity to extend these guys, but you're also talking about guys like Nick Lodolo, guys like TJ Friedel, guys like uh, Graham Ashcraft hitting arbitration, very first arbitration, Toward the end of Jamer Candelario's deal. Not to mention the fact that projections had Jamer Candelario making four years 70 million. So according to some people, the Reds actually got a deal. It's actually like they came into this negotiation with a coupon. So when I look at that, and <laughs> I and I say, oh, you're worried about, you know, who are they going to sign because they signed this one guy? Nick crawl did not hamstring himself to the point where
1: he's got to worry about that.
0: you like the coupon one (laughs) i do
1: it's just visual of like them whipping the contract out and nick Craw cutting the the coupon out of the penny saver so they get get a dis oh that's great (laughs) no listen jeff i'm with you i this this, i don't i do not have a problem with this signing I, i i i think that that was a great illustration also using the graphic. I forgot you had that in your pocket. That's great um, to show that this really doesn't matter because this coming up, comes off the books. It doesn't exist when they need it for the extension. So I think that's great. Let's, uh, let's keep talking money for a minute. Um, the comments, the questions you guys are doing great on the questions today, folks. Uh, I appreciate every single one of you. These are amazing. We're going to talk about the sponsor of today's podcast. I want to shout out FanDuel. FanDuel is our sponsor today and you can score often this NFL season with FanDuel. They are. America's number one sports book right now. New customers get $150 back in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. Uh, that's 150 bucks back. If your team wins, if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including playing the spreads, player props, Jeff's over under category. Um, he took an under guys. I don't know if you caught that last week, but he did. Uh, and there's so many more ways to play. You can combine Buying prop bets on games into single game parlays for even more fun. Uh, Looking ahead, FanDuel has lots of futures going right now. Uh, There's a fun one. I talked about this yesterday. I think Ellie De La Cruz has the fourth best odds to lead the major leagues in stolen bases next year. Uh, His odds currently sit at 12 to one, maybe throw a few bucks at that. Uh, and catch a payout at the end of next season, uh, those odds are going to shrink. So head over to fanduel.com slash locked on right now and start turning your sports knowledge into cash. FanDuel is an official partner of the National Football League and the official sportsbook of Locked On. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer,
0: client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes.
1: Innovators everywhere are able
0: to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland for innovators everywhere. Visit highland.com.
1: Uh, Sam asks, is there a serious worry about the Bally sports deal falling off for this year? And would that only start affecting them next year? Uh, is this why most of the deals besides Candelario are essentially one-year deals? No, the deals that they're signing, the length of contract has nothing to do with the Valley Sports deal. Um, the Reds know they've got their $60 million coming this year, which is what it's estimated. And then they know that that $60 million is going away for the next year from that source. Uh, there's this narrative out there right now that that I think baseball owners are driving. We're all, we're all losing all of this revenue. We're going to ha- not have this money. They're going to have this money. It's coming from someplace else. It's either going right. to be a cable deal or a streaming deal or individual regional streamers. Like you called it like Cincinnati Reds Plus the other day or whatever, yeah. um, where you, know, you got an app on your phone that you're paying the money directly to the Reds. And then Major League Baseball would take a cut of that. There That revenue's coming for somewhere and it's not going to go away. Baseball is just suddenly not going to be on TV. No, that's not going to happen that you're going to be able to watch the games. There's going to be a financial driver behind that. It's just going to be in a different category. And, and, and these baseball owners are savvy in, in trying to cry poor and that's what they're using this for right now. Uh, but that, that Valley sports deal is not going to impact anybody, uh, as far as true, real financial loss. They're just going to have to figure out how to, to pull it all back in. I will say this though, Bally sports has made it be known that they're going to be cutting costs and they're going to be pinching pennies while they work their way through these deals expiring. And I think what that could mean is we could lose a broadcaster this year. And I hope that that's not true um, because I like every single one of the Reds broadcasters. Uh, Even as critical as I was of Barry Larkin initially when he was put in the booth for the home games, he's gotten better. Um, He does have some insights when he's in the booth. I, I like having him there uh, the other guys are legends in my mind. Uh, if they get rid of cowboy, if they get rid of Chris Welsh, if they get rid of any of those guys, I I'm going to lead a riot, I think. But, um, I think it's the distinct possibility that they do cut one guy from that broadcast crew
0: to, to the more specific point of the question. Um, That's something that I've been thinking about ever since I saw this report that they're just going to, you know, Bally's just cutting the court. I mean, the Guardians, uh, the Rangers, and there's multiple other teams are not getting their revenue payments this year. The Reds at least have a year to kind of figure this out. But bear with me for a second because, Steve, what is Ellie De La Cruz good at? A lot of things. A lot of things. I mean, he's really fast. He can run really well. He can catch the ball really well. He can hit the ball really far. He's good at that stuff. So they put them on the field to play. What is Nick Crawl good at doing? Making trades, building making teams, trades, economics, building teams. So what they put him at? They put him at general manager, president of baseball ops, president of baseball ops. Sorry, you got you got a promotion. What is a baseball owner good at doing? Crying poor. <laughs> okay, well that, but at making least money, is.
1: <laughs> making money, yeah,
0: making money. I mean, let's call it what it is. A sports owner got to the point of owning a sports team because they were good at making money. These guys are not going to sit on their hands all year and just be like, oh, boy, we're not going to get any money now. How about that? We're losing our our local TV revenue. They're going to figure this out. And that's one thing I'm not worried about because everybody's kind of like equating this to somehow – the game of baseball is sick or at least major league baseball is sick and they're, they're hurting and this might be like a negative thing or they're all working tirelessly right now to figure out how they're going to get more money because what do they do every day? Anyway, they work to figure out how they're going to get more money. This, this is not going to be a problem. I, I don't believe I, and especially for the Reds, they've got a year cushion as opposed to some other teams. And that's why they're participating in free agency. That's why they're being busy in the off season this year, because they know they have that cushion and they know that things are going to be okay. I'm not worried about individual teams figuring out their revenue. We talked about what this means for the big picture of major league baseball on an episode this, this week. And if you didn't check that out, we, we really got into detail. And I don't want to rehash that entire conversation, but for the individual teams, I'm not worried about that. All right,
1: I, I want to take this from Chad, not because we can answer it, but I just want to put it on our radar because it's something I do want to find out for later. Uh, first part of this does Bally Sports make 60 million a year? That's the estimated payment that goes to the Reds. Now, the Reds are also a part owner of Bally Sports Ohio, so I right. It, it's very intermingled, but the estimated payment that the reds get from Valley sports, Ohio is $60 million. The other it's, piece of this is why I wanted to put this up. And I want to find out about this, Jeff, uh, for a later show is how, what was reds viewership? Mm-hmm. What were the numbers like? And I'd like to look at those year over year for say the last three years, what were they during the hundred loss season versus what were they during the whole rally reds run in uh, the dog days this last they season? So I want to, I want to check that out. I know they were among the top five
0: as far as uh, television audience increase year over year. I forget exactly what the number I saw the percentage number, but I don't know exactly the total number of viewers for that, but no. And to cynically ask, uh, answer the, the first part of Chad's question, if Bally sports actually made $60 million a year, then this would not be a problem <laughs> because, yeah. because diamond sports is, is going bankrupt because they purchased all of the, the Fox sports regional channels and, If they did actually make the money that they have to spend on the revenue, then this would not be a problem.
1: Let's let's circle back. Oops, sorry, it moved. Let's circle back to this from Drake. Uh, Everyone is talking about trading for Caesar glass. now. Wouldn't it make more sense to go out and sign a guy like Jordan Montgomery, Blake Snell, Michael Walker, uh, Jack Flannery? Yeah, it would. I I, I like three of those. I don't like. I do. Yeah, me either. And I and I. I mean, if they're going to spend the money, go get Snell. Um, Mm -hmm. I I and go get snow. They can, I, they can afford it again. You know, that thing I was talking about earlier that I wrote, I talked about one of the signings being snow and how, you know, that's not a snicker comment. That's a legitimate, they could afford they the to money. do it. They they have the money. They can afford to do it and still cry poor, which is, I can't believe we've arrived at a place where that's the mantra, but that's, that's really the mantra. So yeah, go sign him, go do it. Um, in the grand scheme of things, I give him a five-year deal. And then his money comes off the books when you need it for those extensions. I, I mean, just, let's go do it. I, much less,
0: yeah. I, 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 much more prefer to spend Bob's money than to trade away yes. prospects. Like, like if you're telling me they can sign Blake Snell for thirty million a year and they got to do it for like five years, or they got to trade Ret Lauder, Chase Petty, Hor- Carlos Jorge, and Sammy Stafford for Dylan Cease. Go get Blake Snell for thirty million for five years, like That's or thirty absolutely- million a year for five years. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, absolutely. It, it it's it's a no-brainer to me. I, I don't think like I know that the trade talks have heated up and, and some of that's being driven by Ken Rosenthal and, and Heyman and those guys, they're driving it. I don't think they that they were bored means- at the winter meetings. They've told yeah, us that many times. Bored. Correct. <laughs> I, I don't think that means that negotiations with agents and players has stopped. I think Nick crawl is doing both things, but the Reds are notoriously tight-lipped when they're in that negotiation phase. So we're not going to hear about that until either it's ended and they tell us, well, we tried, or we're not going to hear about it until the guy is on his way to the office to sign the contract. That will be when we hear about those. We won't hear about any of that beforehand. Uh so I, I still think it's actively occurring.
0: There's a lot of reasons why he's probably not anywhere near Cincinnati. And just like Nick Kroll said, they haven't contacted Shohei Ohtani, but the way that the Reds front office operates would have been exactly in line with what Shohei Ohtani has wanted his entire free agency. Cause there were, you know, there were reports of if there's any leaks, then that's actually going to negatively affect uh, yep. your candidacy and things like that. And it's just like, yeah, the Reds don't do that. So had they been in on the Shohei uh, free agency, then that that would have helped. um But I don't, I don't. I mean, I think he's going to Toronto.
1: How about this? Branch says, "I wish they could get Snow to pitch at GABP, but I'm not sure that he would." Do you buy into mm-hmm. that? Does, all things being cool do they look at the money first, and then they're like, "Ah, well, you know, Great American Ballpark, man."
0: I think there's a number. I mean, like, I mean, if if the Reds and it's, it's definitely well, not think, something that we're used to. They thinking.
1: have to do they have to overpay to it's like the old argument about why Colorado never gets good for good free right. agent pitch. I mean, who wants to go pitch there, but if you put enough dollars on the table, can you do it? Can you overpay to the point that that doesn't matter? Or.
0: Well, I think that's why they were so aggressively pursuing sunny gray, because there's a prior relationship there and there's, you know, he knows that he likes pitching here. I think for a guy like Blake Snell, who doesn't know the Reds organization and doesn't have experience pitching here a lot in his career, you probably do have to outbid everyone, which is not a thing that we're accustomed to seeing the Reds doing. But I I do think there's a number. I don't think there's a point where a pitcher would be like, okay, I'm going to get 30 million a year for five years from the Reds, and I'm going to get 25 million a year for four years from the Yankees, I'm going to choose the Yankees over the Reds. Like, I think that, and I've I've talked with multiple former players that have said this. They're just like, look, guys can say what they want. They can say they love a city that, as much as they want. At the end of the day, it's what's on that check. Because they know that there's only so many years that they have to do this thing.
1: Do you buy into this argument that Kerry's making here? Carrie uh, says once the Otani deal is done, big deals for remaining pitchers, others will uh, get the money flowing. Basically. Do you think that's what's happening? Is everybody sitting on their hands until. Yeah, because, sure, because, be
0: because, smooth- because I think it's Otani, and then it's Yamamoto and then everybody else. Like I, I think, cause I think that Blake Snell is waiting on the market to shrink a little bit. I'm sure he's been contacted by the reds, by everybody. And Once teams get a little bit more desperate because they missed out on so-and-so, then they might up their offer a little bit. Probably the same reason that we haven't seen Cease, Bieber or Glass now dealt because that's, again, those teams are waiting on the who missed who in the free agency pool.
1: All right, let's try and do just a couple more here, Jeff. We're coming up on the hour mark here pretty quickly. Um, Let me see here because this comment section has been on fire all day but it's moving by pretty quick um fill some time for me there for a second jeff yeah
0: um that's something else that i'm thinking too is that one of the biggest reasons that people were complaining and i thought it was funny I, i thought our lockdown angels hosts john and and mike Frisch, did a fantastic job of laying out why it was stupid but so many national baseball reporters were writing articles about how they were mad at Shohei Otani because they really felt like his free agency was going to go completely different and there was going to be way more of a media circus and there was going to be way more attention given to it and all this other stuff and they put it perfectly they're like oh you're mad that you're not getting clicks off of this guy's free agency that's what you're mad about and now that he's close, you know, reportedly close to a decision, I've seen multiple people report that today's the day he's going to make his decision today. And, you know, people are watching planes and hearing that he's on this plane or that plane. And there, there was a report that uh, one of the Toronto Blue Jays pitcher, Yusei Kikuchi, actually reserved a restaurant for 50 plus people, like, like bought out the entire restaurant for the night and reserved it for 50 plus people. And there is, uh, it's a widely known that, uh Shohei Ohtani has always looked up to Yusei Kikuchi. So there's a lot of people thinking Toronto's it. He's going to go to Toronto. So there's different things that are going down, and it's kind of fun today. But just to see how everybody reacted at the winter meetings and writing articles, bellyaching about how secret uh, Shohei Ohtani has kept his free agency kind of made me laugh a little bit. But, yeah, I definitely think that once Ohtani moves, we're going to see a lot more dominoes fall.
1: All right, let's do a, a serious one and a fud one before we get out of here. So this one, this one's serious, and it kind of leads into some of the things we've been talking about. Cincy Sports only forty four trade Edwin Arroyo and Cam Collier for superstars. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I, I, Listen, I was I was uh, you got to be careful with your prospect capital guy. I've said that a lot. I, I, you still have to be careful, but given what's at the major league level right now. I am all in on anybody that's not there right now being available for trade. Does that mean that those guys go someplace else and become superstars? They could. And will that make you sad for a minute? It will. But I now trust Nick crawl to get decent return on the guys he sends away. And whether that's a decent return that equals a big dog, ace starting pitcher or a restocking of more positions of need in the minors with those guys. uh, I trust Nick crawl to do that at this point. And if he can do it without trading away anybody at the big league level, that's an even bigger win for this team. Mm-hmm. So, sure, I, I would trade either one of those guys if it means bringing back somebody that can give me 32 starts and be in the Cy Young conversation.
0: We thought that in order for the Reds to get a big dog-take pitcher, they were going to have to trade somebody like Marte, CES, India, some something like that. If they can get a guy like that without getting rid of anybody on the major league level, then they make this team a division favorite hands down. So, yeah, if, if they can do that, go do
1: that. All right, and let's let's wrap up with this one, Jeff. Uh, Jeff and Steve, this is from Joseph. Uh, Jeff and Steve, if you could start your all-time Reds team, would your first pick be Johnny Bench? You want to go first or you want me to go first? I'll go first. My first pick would not be Johnny Bench. My first pick would be Frank Robinson. Um, mm-hmm. If I'm building a team from scratch with all-time Reds players in their prime, I'm starting with Frank Robinson.
0: Yeah, and I think if if I'm picking second, then I would pick Johnny Bench. But if I'm picking first, I'm picking Frank Robinson as well because he's the most talented red. And it it always sucks that any discussion about Frank Robinson always ends up with um, the, the worst trade in the history of Major League Baseball. But ultimately, that dude has so much talent. And when you saw the numbers that he put up as a red, even before he went to Baltimore, it was just like, dude, This guy has a real shot to be one of the best Reds ever. And they just cut his Reds tenure short for just the stupidest of reasons. See, and and that's the thing. Like as, as much as we trust Nick crawl to make the right moves, there's been plenty of general managers in the history of the Cincinnati Reds that have made the wrong moves. That's why it's so important that we trust Nick Carl to make the right move because we don't see, I mean, I mean, he made the Tyler Malley trade, which is as close to the converse of the Frank Robinson trade as you could probably get, because I don't think any front office in major league baseball these days is that dumb to make that trade now.
1: No. Uh, and you know, as much as we are at least Reds fans of a certain age, hear the name Pappas and are like, you know, Milt. Uh, I think, I, I, I think Name's never named I a kid think, Milton my life. I think, uh, I think uh, fans up in Minnesota may react that way to hearing Mally, you know, what I mean? mm. like
0: <laughs> poor Mally. Yeah. yeah. So poor guy. All right, I mean, and he's, he's out there, but you know, he's not going to be pitching until at least July, probably August. So mm-hmm.
1: I think that is where we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. Jeff, bring us home.
0: Yeah. Thanks everybody so much. This has been a great show. We always love doing the Aloha live Friday shows and you guys have made an another great Friday as uh, we just look at this off season. the reds have been a lot of fun so far, and we still have plenty of time before we even think about the truck leaving for good year or pitchers and catchers reporting or anything like that. So Nick Crawl's still got some time to make some moves and we're going to be with you every step of the way and doing as many of these live Aloha Fridays as we can throughout the off season. So thanks for joining us and we'll see you on the next one. Next one again, uh, I mentioned earlier on the show, it's not going to be next Friday, but it will be the Friday after that. Uh, we will we will try to have us alive, which I think is uh, the 22nd. If I'm looking at my calendar correctly, I believe it will be Friday the 22nd. Around this time, either 2 p.m. or 3 p.m. in the afternoon. Depends a little bit on, uh, on my co hosts schedule over there. Uh, but we will be with you every step of the way because we are locked on Reds every single day.
1: I tried to trade you to the Pirates, but Ethan vetoed it.
0: That's okay. They put fries on sandwiches. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.